0: let's jump into it. So uh, hello, welcome back to the Dark Death Podcast, your go-to place for the modern and legacy formats. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Billy Mitchell, and I am back with the Delver of Secrets himself, Michael Mapson. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Are you, are you really comfortable being ca- called a Delver of Secrets? I mean...
1: I don't really have many secrets, uh, and I don't really delve in the secrets, so I'm not really sure. I also don't turn into an insect.
0: I was gonna say, yeah. I was getting, the other option was to call you an insectile apparition. I was like, that that seems rude. It seems like something you would like insult somebody with. So I decided to go with the the friendly route. Uh, <laughs> uh, how Have you been?
1: Uh, good, good. Still settling into the new house. Uh, we're like almost done. I feel like still have to get like paintings on the wall and whatnot. Got to get the basement set up, but
0: things are going good here. How about you? Pretty good. We are starting back to school now, uh, so we are learning the new technologies, trying to adapt to the you know the age of Corona with uh, learning online, things like that. So, uh, yeah, school is doing something kind of I, I guess it's more common. Um now that it would be in the past, but we split our school population into half. so half my students will be there on one day, the other half will be online and then uh, they switch. So every day I'll have about fifty percent of my class. Um, but I've got to work a camera and also work a classroom at the same time. so it's a big learning curve for me. That sounds like a big hassle. yeah, I mean I I would. I have some opinions on on education, but we will we'll skip over that. And it it is for the most part a hassle, but I I think we'll get through it. And yeah, I, I keep telling myself this is only going to be for you know a couple months, maybe a year, or the and next five years. You it's, know. Oh my gosh, if this happens for five, more – there's a bunch of things I can give up for five years. Like if I don't have to go to like a baseball game or like I don't have to like stand outside at the zoo for the next like five years, I'm okay with that. But like I really uh, I don't want to have to teach into a camera for the next five years. That just seems exhausting.
1: Ugh. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem great, but who knows how long until this ends. I just, I'll be honest. I really just want to go to a magic tournament again. Oh my
0: gosh. That sounds so nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean like even like the silly stuff, cause we went to, um, you know, we went to Toronto uh, was that last year, two years ago. Um you know, we've been all over, but even, like, the silly stuff, of, like, yeah, dri- driving for seven-plus hours seems awesome, and, you know, crashing on a not-so-comfortable hotel uh, bed sounds really sweet right now. Like, I don't know who I am, but, like, I- I'm missing that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I do miss the whole
1: package, and I'm, like, I'm very curious as to what the first event back will be, and, like, A, I'm also wondering how big the first big event will be. Um, cause like, you know, they're going to bring back locals and stuff before GPs and opens and whatnot, but like that first GP, like, I wonder what kind
0: of numbers they're hitting. Cause it's going to be huge. I, I mean, like, I think if they made it in like, I mean, if it was Vegas. It's a whole different story, but I think even if it was like, you know, Dallas, Fort Worth, I think a lot of people would, you know, be interested in flying to that just to be you know, back at the, the first, um, you know, coming home party essentially for the magic community.
1: I'll be honest, I'm, like, getting to the point where I would almost fly
0: to a standard GP. Wow. And I don't even like standard. Yeah, that's, like, jeez. I, I don't know who you are anymore. This is, this is crazy. Uh, I mean, like, it, but I think, you, I think you would have fun, and I think, honestly, the, the part of the game most of us miss anyways is, is the people. Like, the, the magic is obviously great, too, but, like, you know, just missed catching up with people between rounds and seeing that um, your friends from you know the other coast, so hey, whether it's standard or not, I mean, there's always judges that we know, there's always players that we know, so you could see that. Yeah, um, I don't know if you remember, like this was a couple
1: months ago when there were signups for like the Missouri MTG like 40k and 100k and all the, like the big legacy events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I. I still have my ticket for the 100K next year, and I'm kind of hoping that that will be my first event back because I think that would be, like, a good event. Plus, there's a cap on it, so, like, it wouldn't be like you get there. You're just, like, there is way too many people. I feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, it'll be a manageable size, favorite format, good prize support. So, like, I'm really kind of hoping that's the first one.
0: Yeah, that's the one with the, what, Missouri Germany, right? Um, yeah. I keep running that one yeah i think that'd be a sweet one i mean i always miss because um, that reminds me of like the uh 40 duel events that um they would run um out this way at tales of adventure uh i think that'd be i think i think something large like that for the legacy community would be cool i think the legacy community is just like the dopest people like I, i've always believed that at least they're the most chill they've got a really high skill cap um but like they also know how to party too which is also i guess a <laughs> a good uh check in that column for them yeah definitely definitely miss getting to some events and seeing the people mm-hmm. what, I, what i would do for a den miller match right now oh, man. <laughs> all right well let's uh I, i'm all jess up on legacy now but i i feel like we should talk about modern first we can we can talk about legacy later uh did you get to check out the challenges at all over the weekend, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't look at them too much,
1: but I took a brief look at them.
0: Yeah, Some sweet decks. I mean, the um, obviously there's you know challenges they always do one on Saturday, one on Sunday. Um, the one on Saturday, that uh, Bant- or Ur- that's such a hard sound to make together. Um, ended up winning on uh, Saturday. We also had uh, two copies of Ractos' Prowess, uh, a copy of Amulet Titan. Uh, a mono-red aggro with Obosh as the companion, and then a copy of Humans, Gruul, Midrange, and a Nauseam to round it out.
1: Yeah, I, so I basically, I looked at the first place list, the Bant Erosa deck, and then I stopped looking at everything else and started playing Bant Erosa.
0: I mean, this is right up your alley though, right?
1: Yeah, so I was a big proponent of the team or Erosa deck when that was around. Um, I was really sad because I never got the chance to like actually play it in paper because then Corona happened and then cards got banned. and Definitely been missing that deck. So I'm in the middle of a league with this right now, and it's bringing back some of those feelings. Uh, this deck is definitely not as smooth as that deck was, but you know, it's making me feel something.
0: Well, do you think this deck, I mean, that deck, the Teamer deck at that point had Mox Opal, right? This one doesn't. It had Maxwell and Arkham's Astrolabe available to it, oh, so man.
1: some big upgrades. Yeah, this, oh. I mean, this deck is Uro, though. I mean, so did that deck. So, oh,
0: geez, you did,
1: man. Such is honestly, it feels pretty good so far. I definitely want to make some changes already, though. Uh, like the four Witching Wells are killing me. <laughs> um, I I totally get where uh where this deck designer was going with that and honestly like if you get to the late game with emery it's pretty sweet but i keep drawing them early and like on turn one and two in your every deck it's just so bad when you're like okay let me play this witching wells to make my my emery cheaper oh wait now i just undid my scry but then like if you play them in the other order you're like so mana inefficient it's just like it's kind of a mess i like, think I don't know. I want them to be almost anything else. Like, I was talking to somebody about putting the Engineered Explosives in the main deck and said uh, I've considered maybe playing two Mox Amber, two Engineered Explosives, Zero witching Well. Not really sure, but...
0: Well, the Mox Amber sounds really well. sweet. I mean, like this, this, you're not playing any right now. Um, you're also playing 11 Legendary Creatures plus two Teferi, so up to 13 things that are going to um, produce mana with it. Mark the emperor's pretty sweet. Yeah,
1: I'm definitely excited to try it. I'm definitely going to work on this deck a little bit um, because it's a lot of fun. And, like, it definitely feels powerful. And, I mean, they won the challenge, so there's got to be something to it, right? Like, you can only go oh so wrong when you just put a bunch of powerful cards in your deck. Emery, Uro, Urza, like, they're all so good.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, Urza's obviously been powerful. Uro's... I feel like it's like the Beyonce of Magic right now. It's the all-star and everything it does, and it's um, really just like, regardless of the shell, um, I feel like Uro is just always a a really important add. But I feel like Emery is still the the card I think people don't understand how good that card is, even though it shows up, obviously, in a lot of different decks and different formats.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I've been saying it since day one. card's insane. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll also, Teferi is very good in this deck.
0: Oh, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I haven't played a lot of Teferi, and, like, obviously I know in my head that that card is good, but I just feel like every time I play with the card, and then I get to play against, like, a, any kind of control deck and just resolve Teferi, I'm like, oh, right, like, that's what this card does. It's messed up. I <laughs> am not scared of anything. Like, I played Team of in my first uh, match with the deck. My opponent had to cast like main phase factor fictions. I was like, that's so bad. Jeez. And then they're just like revealing counter spells to so their factor fiction. I was like, I don't even care what you take. Like you can take all five cards and I'll still beat you.
0: Yep. Yeah, Teferi, and that's one of the things too. They I've always heard talk people talk about like ways to, like, you know, fix Teferi. Um and I always feel like regardless of really what you do to Teferi, as long as it has that each opponent can only cast spells any times that uh, they can cast a sorcery, it, it doesn't matter what the other abilities are. It really doesn't matter. That effect itself is just so powerful um, in a format like uh, like Modern.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do think there's things you could do to make it less brutal, but I don't know. card's messed up and I'm here for it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it, the big thing I've always seen with that card is if it, if it was just on your turn um, that your opponents couldn't, just couldn't cast spells. I, I've always imagined that would be a little more fair. Um, it's just even counter, or turning off counter spells on their turn I feel like is so brutal. Um, but always a, just a sweet card. This, this is one of the cards I actually bought uh, a playset of this for um, Azorius Control and Standard um, before, you know, shutdown happened so i've never actually gotten to play with my teferis it's just been sitting in a in the deck box uh with my isn't it so sad to just own these cards you haven't gotten to play with it's 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 really killing me like some of them i'm okay with like i actually got to uh jam dream trawler at some point um like an fm or something like that but the teferi is just such a powerful effect like this once again this is one of those cards that um you're playing against you're like this is just terrible. I've I played it in uh, actually playing Pioneer. Um, I've played against it playing uh, Band Spirits. And just like that was an awful experience. And I want to inflict that <laughs> that joy to other people. That's, that's <laughs> what I want to do. And I haven't gotten the chance to do it yet. It's it's heartbreaking. Anyways, do you want to talk about any of the other decks in this challenge? Uh, the, only, the only one that I was really interested in uh, was the uh, MonoRed... Aggro Obash um, as a companion. I just think this deck. I have to, I have to try this deck at some point. Um, I I don't know how you haven't tried it yet. It's just I just haven't done it yet. It's it's one of those things where the deck seems like it shouldn't be as good as it is, but it obviously is very good. Um, it's I mean it's playing, burst lightning, lava dart, lightning bolt, fire bolt, uh, lepathy, and I feel like Firebolt bolt. Um, and, you know, to an extent, Birth Lightning are just not really modern playable cards, um, but it just happens. You uh, I'll it. have you
1: know, I played Firebolt in Legacy, and it was great.
0: Oh, my gosh. But you, you played in um, Red White Painter, though, right? Yeah, it was in my sideboard. <laughs> I, I, that's a whole – I mean, you're playing two <laughs> mana, one threes, three. there's a lot of crazy things going on in that deck. So, um, yeah, I – in modern, as you said, modern so fast and so powerful to, to play something that's like a sorcery speed shock with a flashback of five. It's just like, how, this can't be good. But, I mean, this deck. I'm going to point out yeah. uh, this is what the, the trophy leader has
1: been playing. And he's been the trophy leader like three seasons in a row or something dumb like that. So, like, and every season he's the trophy leader with mono red or red white or burn. Like,
0: this guy knows his way around a red
1: deck, and
0: yeah. he built this. I would just trust it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to try it. Yeah, just and this. I guess we, we'll talk about him later too. Cause we ended up playing challenges ourselves over uh, the weekend, but the one thing I was always kind of bothered with was um, I really want a, a really powerful cyborg card um, for graveyard removal, but I don't want to play something situational. Like I don't want to play a something like Leyline of the Void where like it has to be my opening hand or I have to Manamorphose into double black to be able to cast it. Like that seems like way too much. Um, this deck actually isn't playing um, like it's playing Blister Coil Weird, Stone Crusher Giant, Swiss Spear, Pyre Season Pyromancer, and Soul but it's not playing the Bedlam Reveler that I was playing in my list. Uh, so this deck can actually afford to play Relic of Progenitus in its sideboard, which I think is just so, you know, perfect right now. Just such a good deck yeah, against I mean, Uro.
1: I don't know why you would ever try to do anything
0: bad to Uro. That card did <laughs> nothing wrong. Yeah, besides gain three life and gum up the board with a 6 6 body that I can't actually kill, it's it's fine, besides those things.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a deck I need to try at some point. I, I mean, obviously, Yama Killer just makes good decisions, and I need to follow suit at some point um well let's look at uh the sunday modern challenge too and once again nothing super interesting that i um that i'm looking at but they've got a uh, winner was a stream with uh is it prowess um there's actually a second copy of is it prowess in third place um but we've got uh soul tie reclamation bant reclamation mono green tron bant stone blade jund and bant blink for that top eight. So,
1: I don't know about you, but there's only two decks that really stand out to me. Uh, the Bant Reclamation and the Bant Blink.
0: Bant Reclamation deck. That looks cool. Um, you're playing with to Teferi here, Dominarian, Teferi, Time Raveler. Uh, 28 lands. Uh, It seems like, a, I guess, a good mix of, like, a control deck with, you know, taking, I guess, advantage of the Reclamation still. Yeah, I mean, like, if you told me somebody was playing Van Rack, this is
1: more or less exactly what I would picture. But, like, we haven't really seen anybody playing it yet. And, like, I was just talking about how good Teferi is. So, like, I I think it's neat seeing, um, like, this list with, like, where they just have this Teferi that seems like such a mirror breaker. Like, that card's so brutal against this very deck.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, if you're worried about casting, you know, facts or fictions, like that's done end of turn play anymore. That's a myth, sorcery speed, or, or bust. Yeah, and like, you know, your opponent is playing Wilderness, like, if
1: you're playing Wilderness Reclamation, it's very, very clear that you're trying to do things at instant speed. Like, that's the whole point of the card. So to have somebody just be like, nah, uh, you know, it just it seems like this would be really well positioned in the mirror. I do know that uh, Bill Sive actually just came up with this list, like, the morning of in, like, 15 minutes and played it without any testing. Uh, so, like, I don't know if the numbers are refined, but it seems like it worked out for him.
0: Yeah, like, the Thor Field of Ruin seems interesting to me i'll say interesting um and i actually i like field of ruin in this format a lot but i feel like playing four field of ruin and one blast zone and your three color deck that's playing teferi and Uro and growth spiral is just oh and dovin's veto in the main deck um and the supreme verdict i feel like that's is very ambitious
1: yeah i will agree there's definitely work that can be done but like i think uh
0: Playing this deck in Bant just makes a lot of sense though. Yeah, that's super cool. I mean, maybe this is something I'll try this week. Get off my mono red kick. Okay. Um, what's the uh, the bant blink deck though looks. This seems up your eye. Didn't you, you played something like this before, didn't you?
1: I yeah, I've played similar things. I do like having creatures with ETB effects. Um I feel like, so this deck was around for, for a little bit and then I feel like it just dropped off the face of the earth and lately I'm seeing it again and I'm, I'm not sure like what made it come back. Uh, but I just I just think it's interesting that like I'm starting to see people play it again.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I don't even know where really to start here. There's just that's just so many cards. Um, I mean, really you're, you have all the blink effects from uh, Ephemerate, um, and your Thassa Deep Dwelling. But you're just- and soul hoarder. And soul hoarder. I missed soul hoarder. Jeez. Yeah. Soul. Hoarder. Or herder. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think that I feel like both names would work. I feel like it actually makes more sense for it to be a soul hoarder than a soul herder. <laughs> so, so I was she's just playing against this deck, uh, like a little bit
1: before uh, before we started recording, and. I noticed this thing that's so weird. If you like path or remove the Soul Herder, its ability triggers for itself, which like, I, I guess if I had stopped to think about it, I would have known, but it's just so weird that it's like path and it's like, trigger, Soul Herder puts a counter on itself because of it left play, and I'm like, well. oh. <laughs> Good try, Soul Herder.
0: That's so interesting. Wait, so if, so, whenever a creature is exiled from the battlefield, so if you were to like pillar flame, like a eternal witness, do you still got a counter on the soul hoarder? Yeah. Wow, okay. That's interesting. That's, yeah, I was like, that's not really how I think about it, but I guess it's just, the wording is very, not vague, but. Well, my thing is just like, I was removing the soul hoarder, so
1: like, <laughs> the fact that it triggered for itself, like, it sees itself being exiled is just like. I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah, man.
0: yeah. That but, deck is—that's pretty sweet. It is sweet. Yeah, a lot of a lot of cool effects, and like I think the Eldermere's call um, kind of ties everything to this heavy creature deck together. We're playing twenty-one creatures, so the four Eldermere's call end up coming kind of uh, kind of like clutch here.
1: Yeah. So I feel like I part of me wonders if the reason this deck is actually coming back is because of what's happening in Legacy with, like, the Esper Vile deck. Like, because these decks are very similar. I wonder if people were like, oh, if that kind of deck is working in Legacy right now,
0: like, maybe we should check it out in Modern again. And so I'm, I'm just curious about that. Yeah, it definitely could be the, the Golden Age of Aethervile. Vile. I mean, that's Vile is one of those cards that I feel like has always been a, a Legacy stalwart, but, I mean, there was a time where people were playing it in... Um, modern a lot obviously it's in humans but you know it's, i like think it's a card that probably should be getting more play than than it is just based on power level
1: yeah i mean it's definitely very strong i think part of the thing is modern has typically been such a fast format that like it almost feels slow mm-hmm. because it just
0: kind of puts you a turn behind all the time you know yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, your, your one-drops are coming out on turn two, your two-drops are coming out on turn three, so unless, like, it's a really powerful play, it's, it does seem kind of underwhelming sometimes. Okay, I have to ask, because I know you've played
1: a lot of Aether Vial, mm-hmm. uh, and I know you used to be a big Death and Taxes guy. Have you ever put Dryad Arbor in off of an
0: Aether Vial? I have not, no. Um, I have... I'm trying to think. The, the weirdest thing I've put through... In Aether Vile. Obviously, Sarah Avenger, but that's, you know, that was at one point a a fairly stock play. Um, I put in Containment Priest, which I think is just funny, um, just because it's Containment Priest. Uh, But I don't think I put anything else like super, super funky in. Um, Actually, no, that's not true. I did put in a Fairy Macabre before, which was fun. Okay, I haven't seen that one before. Yeah, Sarah macapa sweet that's a good a good uh, sideboard card um, for you know when it was a sideboard card so yeah there's not a yeah uh, death and taxes not too many creatures that are like wildly out of left field unfortunately um, you get to put in through Aether vial something like um, if you were playing a maverick deck with Aether vial I guess you definitely more interesting things I, I really do think um, Dryad arbor would be sweet and all those different plays, but now unfortunately, I'm heavy on putting in Thalia and Stoneforge Mystic. Boring. <laughs> uh, I like this deck though, and something I this is just a big comment like it's on the power level of the card. Um, Elder Gargaroth has just seen so much play. Um, obviously, this is in the sideboard of this Bant Blink deck, but uh, the red green, I feel like calling it Ponza might not be doing the the deck justice, um, but the red green deck has been playing um, Elder Gargaroth at all. It's just a very um, you know popular card in modern.
1: Yeah, and then it's also and people are playing it in the Elvish Reclaimer ramp decks.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, the deck is sweet. I'm not sure if it's good, but the, the deck is sweet. I don't, I don't think I agree with that
1: assessment, but you know, teach their own. <laughs>
0: I mean, like, it's just cool that they get to... I, I'm a big sucker for uh, Flagstones of Trocare, talking about... Uh, oh, yeah, I love,
1: so, I, just... I
0: love Flagstones. I love Flagstones. I love Elvis Reclaimer of Flagstones,
1: and I've played a lot of that. Hmm. I hate that deck, though.
0: Is it, like, a, like a power level thing? Do you think the deck is, like, not good, or do you think it's just, like, not doing the right thing?
1: So, I... Both, honestly. Like, <laughs> uh, I hate saying this, because, like, you know, the original list came from Fran. Like, uh, I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, but, but the streamer, mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce his stream handle either. F. Paul Uh big, big fan. I've been subbed to him for, like, almost two years at this point. Oh, wow. uh, but, like, I feel like he created a monstrosity. And then, like, <laughs> Dom Harvey, who I also have a lot of respect for, like, made his tweaks to it. And it's just, like, I think both of their lists are so bad and like but everybody's picking them up people are doing well with it i know like a copy top aided uh, the mox qualifier this weekend and i just like people are winning with this deck so i feel like you know i feel like i have to be wrong but i also think they're just winning because the cards in it are generically powerful but i don't think they're put together in a way that is particularly great and like the whole premise was to build this deck that like dodging just Aethergust, which is why Fram was originally playing Aethervile, um, and he would, like, vial in Primeval Titan, but, like, now they're not even playing that, so, like, they're really not, not dodging Gust, so I don't know what this deck is giving people that you're not getting from playing just normal Amulet. Um You can make the argument that Eldamri's Call is better against Gust than Summoner's Pack, but, like... I don't think the card Elidimri's Call is actually particularly good in the modern format. I feel like it's really slow, uh, oh, yeah. and also, I I don't I just I'm not convinced that it's actually that good. And then like the sideboard's all weird, like you're playing boils and you're dryad of the Legion Grove deck, and people are like, oh, it's fine because in the matchups you want boil, your dryad doesn't resolve. And I'm just like, <laughs> why am I planning for everything to be awful? Like. What if Dryad does result? And like, I, I played some games with this deck, and I had that exact situation happen where I had, like, two Dryads in play, and then I drew, drew a Boil for a turn, I was like, this is the worst possible card I could have. It, it At armageddon. least play Choke, like you can get your field of the dead. Oh, like, gambit. I just... Nothing, nothing that that deck is doing just, like, looks good to me. Um I feel like if you're trying to dodge Aethergust, but you want to stay with a green heavy deck, like, I think what you should be doing is you should be in, including a Karn package, or, like, you could play, uh, a, a while ago, like, the green blue and green black Primeval Titan ramp decks were really popular, and I recently picked up the green blue one again. That feels really good, because you're just overloading Aethergust instead. And also, I'm playing um, Hydroid Chrises, so, like, if they, if I play that as my big spell and they Aether gust it, I don't care because I'm still like, just getting so much card advantage and I can bury them in threats yeah. that way. But like, mm-hmm. or like if you're playing the black green version then you have Karn and you have Thoughtseize so you can beat Aethergust like that. But I just like, I, I really feel like the deck that people are playing is just worse than playing Amulet. Like if you want to play the Flagstones uh, Elvish Reclaimer, Engine, like, I get that, that's good. But even then, you could play straight green white. Like, I would rather just play Knight of the Reliquary as another big beater, and it's something you get out early, which, again, it doesn't like dodge Aether Gust, but, like, mm-hmm. it's another threat, so, like, I, I feel like you're overloading it with threats that matter. I think that is better than, like, taking the time to Eladomri's call. Like, that card is. It feels weird to call a two mana tutor slow, because a two mana tutor is very good, but like it just feels so slow. And the cards just, they don't work together. I don't, I don't like I, I don't get it. I, I do know people are winning with it. I've watched them win with it, but like even while I'm watching them win, I just like think their deck looks so bad. And I think people are just winning because they're good players playing some powerful cards that are just not put together in a way that makes any amount of sense.
0: Well, my my thing, and I think the reason why these decks are at least playable, um, well, they're good, and I guess is up for debate, obviously. But what the reason I think they're playable, is if you're looking at like these, you know, these two top eight, right? Um, you really have one, I guess, I guess three decks maybe um, that are actually playing like counter magic. You've got the Bant Erosa uh, deck, you've got the Fultry uh, Rec deck, and you've got the uh, Bantrek deck. But everyone else, if you cast a Primeval Titan, it's gonna resolve, it's gonna get you two lands. And from there, like, good luck, uh, Rakdos Prowess, you know, trying to raise a Primeval Titan, that's, you know, getting all these um, zombie tokens or gaining them life. Um, I just think being able to resolve a Primeval Titan in this format in particular is just really powerful. Uh, but I think maybe, and this kind of gets to your credit too, I think I would rather just cast it faster Um, so i think maybe playing something like amulet might be just a better choice um but i guess they're going through the route of like playing kind of i don't say wacky creatures but creatures that at least can block in the early game which i think is also pretty good in this format right now
1: yeah i'm totally on board with having early blockers uh but like other than Elvis reclaimer i don't love a lot of the choices like I don't know, like, and even an amulet. Like, I think you can just play Arboreal Grazer. Like, I totally get oh, yeah. not wanting to play Striga Tribe Scout right now, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because Tribe Scout is much better an amulet than Arboreal Grazer is. But like, Grazer, I think is really good right now because you know it gets you one step closer to your end game, and like you said, is a much like it's a blocker, which is really good right now. But mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't think this deck is it. Yeah, probably. I'm just yeah. going to say that.
0: Yeah, it was, in going back to the, the uh, Sakura, like, yeah, playing one one ones in this format, I feel like with, there's so many Lava Darts running around. It's crazy with all the Prowess decks, which are doing, you know, fairly well, regardless if it's Mono Red or Rakdos or is it, Um But the biggest feel-bad is you casting a one-drop and it's being Lava Dart. You're like, well, I guess I'm not playing this anymore. <laughs> All right. Um, I've been. I apologize. I was trying to find the, um, the I think the Mox qualifiers this weekend too. I was trying to find the list. I could not find them anywhere. Yeah. So, uh,
1: I do believe that Wizards does not post the the list for the Mox qualifiers right. ever. Um, I don't know what the reasoning for that is. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. I do know what won both of them though. Oh. So. Okay. On Saturday, we had the modern one, which was won by Dylan Donigan on Bogles. Okay. Um, which, if you know Dylan Donigan, that is very out of left field for him. But I, I know he worked on it with, with uh, his teammate Zan, who does have a history of playing Bogles. Uh, they made some interesting choices, like playing Path in the main deck, which I assume was an odd to Ero. Uh, but I believe Donigan just kind of uh, met a game to beat the Bant deck. Uh, which ended up being very popular and just crushed his way to a win. And then on Sunday, uh Legacy Stalwart, uh Ducat, aka well, not aka his real name, Daniel Gochel, meta uh, metagamed a rug Delver list and took down the field.
0: Those are like two like really powerful players. Like Donnegan was I mean, Donaghan was actually the person who actually kind of going back a little bit was the person who helped mastermind the Oroza decks and start the city game circuit, right?
1: Yeah, he was, he was one of them. I mean, so all of so when, when Oro first came out, like all of Team Lotus Box, like broke the blue green, like Oro, Oko deck, like wide open. Um, But when Oko got banned, I think a lot of them dropped it and Donaghan was like, no.
0: No, I need to keep playing it. <laughs> and then um, Dot is the founder of The Rock, I think, too, right? No, that's Sol Maka. Sol Maka. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, yeah, Gokshul, what, you,
1: what you might know Golgadot for is he's put a lot of work in the, the snow archetype um, and he he is just like a beast. He's very good at every format, and he won. Uh, he won the last GP Niagara.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, we were there actually. Yeah, we did bad. We yeah, we did bad. We tried our best. let's go oh, Those are two. Uh, okay, those are good. Those are good choices. I feel like. I mean, I haven't seen anyone playing Boggles in a while, but. Boggles in this format definitely is a really solid choice. Yeah, and
1: I mean, like, it's good against the mono-red decks because you have life gain and, like, the Bant decks are really not playing Supreme Verdict or, like, Engineered Explosives right now, so I think he had a pretty easy field.
0: Cool. Yeah, we could... I'm sure we could hopefully find the rest of the copy, but we'll just... Leave it off there for modern. I've been itching to talk about legacy anyway, so let's just talk about legacy instead. chair is here. Okay, so uh, I mean, do you want to
1: do you want to talk real quick about Gochil's list because it's kind of interesting? Yeah, absolutely. So it's not. I, sh- I don't know if I should call it interesting because it's not that interesting. It's uh, fairly <laughs> stock for the most part. Yeah. But something he did do and he rec- he said this was only because of the small field and he doesn't recommend it for the larger field is he cut his force indications and just played Pyroblast. Uh, Cause he was looking at the field. It was like, it's going to be so blue heavy. Like uh, he just looked at like the names in the field and what he expected people to play and just realized like Pyroblast is going to answer most things. Uh, it's like better in delvermeres, which he expected a lot of people to play and He just, like, went with his guns, and it, like, it worked out for him. And, like, it's one of those things that doesn't put him down any card. Like, when you play Force Negation, obviously the card's great, but you're, you know, you're two-for-one in yourself, whereas Pyroblast, you're actually getting that even one-for-one trade. Um, And I just, like, I think that level of, like, metagaming is... I don't know. That always impresses me, I guess I could say.
0: Yeah, I think the people who metagame for small events, and I... I think people, he's one of my favorite players. I actually got to meet him once uh, during my pro tour, which was really neat. Um, Shahar Shanhar, I think is one of the best people at metagaming small events, because those people who actually take the the time to look at an event and say, well, this is actually gonna be much better than it, than it would be normally because of the people I'm playing against, what they like to do, what I think they've been playing recently. Like you get a huge edge in that. And obviously it worked out for him that, uh, you know, this weekend. Yeah. And then, also while we're talking about Rug Delver, we might as well mention Rug Delver also won the Mana Traders event. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, congrats to my boy. He's, I mean, we're not friends at all, but I I, I still appreciate <laughs> his work. Uh, Rich Kelly though uh, with Rug Delver, um, and I, this is it's a great list. I mean, there's nothing in my mind that's super spicy about it, but it's a it's a very solid list. Um, you know, obviously Rug Delver um, playing. The three, and like we said before, you want to be playing um, three preordained effects there, so eleven draw effects total. Um, I do like the one chain lightning. I like the double spell Pierce. He's playing um, three Okos. I think most people are playing two or three, so a little heavier on the Okos. But um, no, it's a great deck. Yeah,
1: like you said, pretty stock. Uh, I don't know. Rich Callie is just like such a good Dover
0: player, though. so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he, yeah. I mean, we mentioned uh, last week he's on Star City Game, uh, Star City Games, Channel uh, Fireball now. Um And his content is just, like, phenomenal. So if you obviously need to learn how to play any kind of Delver strategy, reading, uh, Legacy in general, I think uh, he's a good read.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up on his articles because I play a lot, I, I have played a lot of Delver in my day, but for some reason I just never won with Brock Delver. I've got, like, good results with Blue Red. I had good results with Jeskai. Like, I don't really like it, but I can play Grixis. I've done well with Bug. But I've even, like, uh, you know, had a few cash finishes with Esper Delver. But, like, something about Rug Delver, I just cannot win games with this deck.
0: I've always felt like Rug Delver is, like, a little, like, Blue Red Delver is so aggressive for the most part. I feel like Rug Delver is, like, Kind of like the big brother. I'm gonna sit back and I'm gonna nudge you here and nudge you there, and eventually beat you down later. Um, and something like Oko, Hooting Mandrills, like they just slow the game down for you in a lot of situations. It's Definitely a different heart, a different deck to play than than the blue red version. Have you have you actually gotten to play against uh, Cloydus, by the way? Um, I have played against Kulthus,
1: uh, but I've resolved it more than I've played against it. Oh, okay. Uh, card, card is very, very good. And, um, so I played, I played in the legacy challenge this weekend yeah, yeah. and I had Kulthus in my sideboard and every time I resolved it, like it just won the game over time. It's, uh, it's really good at what it does.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like I was playing, I mean, kind of going back a little bit, I, was talk, I, I used to play Grixis uh, Delver, um, and the best card of the deck, you know, bar none, uh, was Deathrite Shaman. And Cloythus obviously costs, you know, three times the mana, but it's really just like one giant indestructible <laughs> Deathrite Shaman. They can add mana, it can drain and gain your opponent, like, there's just so many things going on with that card. Uh, it's just really phenomenal. Yeah, and I mean, it's like any kind of, like, controlling
1: type, me- like, pseudo mirror. if you just resolve that card, you just get to sit back, and, like, you just have this inevitability. Like, it's it's just really impressive, because, I mean, there's not many cards that answer it. There's, what, Counsel's Judgment, which isn't seeing a lot of play. Mm-hmm. Celestial Purge, which sees literally no play right now. Nope. Like, and then there's, like, countering it on the way down, but, like, I don't know, I just every time it resolves, like, I felt so good. Uh, you know, there's that four-point life swimming each turn, I'm like, keeping their graveyard clear so that they can't resolve Ogo. Oh, like, it was it was nice.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's another one of those cards. I, out of the past, and of this common theme, but the past, you know, three sets have had so many really uh, formative defining. is not, not fair for Clotus Obviously, I think Uro's format-defining. I think Dreadhorde Arcanist is obviously um, proven it's worth at this point in Oko, but Cloythus is one of those cards that because of all the powerful cards that have come in, that card really slid under the radar, in my mind at least, of cards that really can dictate a game, um, especially post-board.
1: Yeah, that's... I think that's fair.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, what else? Well, that's the Mana Traders event... Um, if you want to look at the challenges, um, I'm not sure if there's anything in particular, um, that's super, um, over the top here. Um, Saturday, we ended up having Hogak winning, um, but we also had Golgari Depths, uh, Teamer Delver, Omni Snow, Teamer Control, Goblins, uh, Blue White Stoneblade, and, um, Om- another copy of Omni Show, actually, um, in the top eight there, um, I did want to take a second to talk about Hogak though, um, just because uh, Dylan Donigan actually, who ended up winning the um, the modern event with Boggles, um, back for the mox qualifier, ended up actually suggesting playing Hogak, and it ended up winning, which I think is funny. Yeah, I mean, that's good. Yeah, it's just a very, um, and it, I guess from my time playing blue red delver, at least uh, this is one of those decks that um, you have the tools to to beat it in a you know a quote unquote fair game, but the fact that they get to return a bunch of two ones and four threes with haste um, over and over again and pretty quickly uh, does not really make it a fair game for you as a as a delver player. This is just a really hard uh, matchup if you know you're expecting delver to I think Hogak's a really good choice. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to
1: add, but, like, I, I totally agree. Like, this deck is very good at beating up Delver.
0: And it's pretty fun to play, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I mean, think you and I are, I feel like, one of those few players that really love triggers. You know, I, I feel like no Magic player like, triggering things. Uh, <laughs> But if you are a person who like triggers, I mean like this deck between, I think literally every card in the deck besides um, Hogak and Gravecrawler have um, Like activated or triggered abilities. I think every card, but yeah, I guess besides if you count once upon a time and careful study every other card in the main deck at least has an activated ability, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot going on. And I,
1: I like when, I, I think the things that I like most in Magic are getting to turn like zones that typically aren't resources into resources. So like I like graveyard decks. I like when your lands do more than just generate mana. Um, and, you know, this is a graveyard deck, so you're just like, I like that your graveyard is almost an extension of your hand. Like, that's fun for me. Also, if anybody is listening to us who like only plays modern and you're like interested in getting into legacy, this deck is pretty cheap, other than the underground Seas, But like honestly, you can get away with playing watery graves.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's literally. I mean everything else is modern playable or in modern actually. I mean obviously once upon a time isn't any longer, um, and but I mean the rest of the deck I bridge from below too I guess too, but. Um, it is a relatively cheap deck. This is actually one of the decks I'm building on the side right now. Because um, I played I played play Dredge already in um modern. So I already have my blood gas. Uh he Drunk Crab just got reprinted in um, the what's that that crazy um, convention set um, that they were drafting. Jumpstart? No, not jump oh, mystery. Mystery, mystery boosters. Ministers? Yeah, Mystery Booster. So they he Drunk crabs are like you know, a dollar right now. Um, Stitcher's Plyer, I think, is a really sweet card. Um, but it's it's an uncommon at the end of the day They're, that's re- pretty recent, so it's not too bad. Vengevine also just got reprinted in um, the new set um, that just dropped the um the Double Masters. So you can get a lot of these cards real cheap right now. This is like a really good entry point. Um yeah. So there's that. Uh, and Sunday they end up having uh, the winner ended up being five color control, which is just a, a deck. I didn't realize this was even a, a pile of things you could do. Um, it's really just, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, it's really just the snow deck. Yeah, it's just a snow deck. So they're playing Arkham's Astrolabe um, to allow you to play Oro and Jace, Oko. Um, they have a Dead of Winter, but it, it is to the Five Color Snow deck. Um, uh, if I can take a second to have my quick little humble brag. Uh,
1: so, uh, the winner of this event, Matthew Voog, I know that he only lost one match throughout like the event. I was that
0: one match just throwing it out
1: there. Okay. It's basically, like I won the event.
0: Yeah, basically. I mean,. Obviously, if it was in a different order, it'd be better, but it's fine. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Winner. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the top page is pretty uh, pretty pedestrian, I'm going to be honest with you. Besides that, I mean, like there's that deck, the set deck, it's a Delver, uh, two copies of Team for Delver, so three copies of Delver total. Um, the Mana Blue Earth deck, which I know you've played before as well, um, and then a col- copy of Four Color Control. Uh, green, black, depths, and and elves. Nothing too crazy. I do. I always like the the mono blue Urza deck. I think it's really sweet, though. It is. Um, I prefer mono
1: blue Painter to mono blue Urza personally, but you know, each their own. Yeah. Either way, it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Something about casting Echo of Aeons is just like this crazy roller coaster.
0: I mean, he's definitely one of those cards you hope turns out positively for you, but like it very easily could not.
1: Um, Oh, yeah, I've had plenty of games where I cast Echo Vans, I just draw like six lands and
0: pass the turn. I'm like,
1: you don't kill me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely a cool deck. Uh, And once again, this is another uh, Emery deck that I think is, uh, once again, Earth is in there too. They're playing Psy, uh, Master Doctoris, but I think Emery is really one of the cards that um, goes. Into this deck, very underrated. Um, well, you were kind of you mentioned this before, and I feel like we're kind of done looking at top eight. How how did your challenge go? So my challenge was uh, kind of disappointing.
1: Uh, I finished four three. Yeah. Um, so I played the Tumor Pokepile. Uh, I still think the deck is very very good. Uh, all my matches were pretty good and I had a lot of fun. Um, so, the, the deck honestly performed super well for me throughout the day. I got to play against a variety of decks. My losses were mainly like, I, like I don't want to be that guy, but they were kind of like me just like screwing up with like moto stuff. I, okay, so my first loss, um, I was like starting to run low on time Uh, which it's actually just, I was trying to deal with my dogs um, and I ended up losing like five minutes of the clock at the start of the round, like dealing with my dogs. And I was like, I was very ahead in this match. Uh, It had been a good game. Like it had been a good match. uh, And I'd gotten to the point where I was very ahead and I noticed I was running low on time and like, I did what, what you shouldn't do. So you should learn from my mistake here. Uh, I basically told myself, okay, I basically can't lose. I just need to advance the game seat, and I started just like making decisions without thinking about them. Oh, no. And I I knew my opponent's hand because I had uh I would their Uros, which is part of why I was in such a great spot. Um, and they had an abrupt decay, and I hadn't an, I had an oko out, and I tapped out even though I had a veil of summer in my hand, Ugh. and so they got to like kill my. <laughs> They got to kill my Oko, and then they just, like, they drew really well, and, I mean, I drew okay, but, like, I was playing fast and loose, and my opponent was playing, like, a reasonable human being who has played Magic before, Uh, and I just, like, I let this game where I was super far ahead slip out of my hands, so, like, I mean, it sucks that it happened, but it's a good reminder that, like, the fastest way to end the game is to, like, actually slow down, think out your decisions, because... I think if I was just like if I had given my decisions any amount of thought, like I don't think I lose that game. My opponent had like four threats left in their deck, and I had like an Uro and an Oko out and a Sylvan Library, so like losing was kind of unacceptable.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, my my second loss was to the Epic Storm, which was uh, I literally <laughs> just uh, I. I had a hand that was very good in the matchup, but I cracked a fetch. I cracked um, a Misty Rainforest, and I clicked on Snow-Covered Forest instead of Snow-Covered Island. Oh, and all no. Of I couldn't <laughs> cast <guess> my spells. <laughs> um, and I just, like, and, you know, I screwed up from there. I should have stuck with my original plan because I had a Null Rod that I was planning to resolve. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, I don't want them to be able to answer the Snow Rod. Um, and I didn't an astrolay about, so I cast a ponder, because I was like, if I can just hit this, a blue source uh, and then resolve this null rod, they basically can't win, and I can, like, progress my game state and, like, guarantee that I have this game unlock. Uh, so I chose to cast the ponder looking for the blue source, like I said. Uh, and the ponder was maybe a little bit greedy. I didn't hit a blue source. I didn't hit a land at all, so I couldn't even cast the null rod. Um, and then I died on their turn. But oh like, no! Yeah, I should have just, I should have just been like, you know what? I have this forest. That's the way it is. I'm gonna play this no rod. Like, I will draw an island eventually, um, because the the odds of them drawing, like, they didn't even have. I think their only land was badlands, so like they really didn't have anything. So the odds of them drawing, uh, an like all their answers would have either had them casting multiple spells off of one mana, mm-hmm. or like being blue, so the odds of them finding like their blue lands, of which they play way less, and an answer before me finding one of my blue lands was like very bad, so I should have just played the Null Rod and moved on. Yeah. Um, oh, so I think that came away. And then my third loss was to uh, Blue Black Shadow, which was a very good game. Um, I... I mean, like, minor missteps here and there, but, like, nothing. Like, I didn't feel like I punted away the game. Like, uh, it was a good match. They got me. Like, that's all there was to it. But, like, okay. um, and then I beat Team Delver. I beat, like I said, uh, the guy who won on five-color control. I beat Hogak. And I actually don't remember what my fourth round was. But, like I said, most of my, most of my matches were, were really good. Uh, win or lose, I think I enjoyed every round I played.
0: That's nice. Yeah, that's, that's um, and that's the thing too. I always feel like the level competition on uh, you know MTGO is just so high that whenever you do play a game, you're probably going to play against somebody pretty good, uh, and the games are usually going to be pretty solid. So that's good.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I know you played in, uh, you played in a modern challenge on Saturday. How did that, <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> that man. well? Yeah, it was, you know what? It was fine. Um, I actually recorded it. So it's actually on um, our, our, um, our Twitch page. Um, so if you do want to check it out, follow it up, um, you know, seven plus hours, obviously, but um, you can definitely go back and watch the games. Um, I got to play against some pretty sweet people. Like, I played against uh, Willie Adel in round number two, uh, which is really neat. I um, played against another popular modern player, I think, in, in round number three, I think, but I can't think of the name at this point. But um, I ended up going 3 4 with Monoread Prowess. Um, and it, I always hate saying this, too. Um, there were just some games where I just, I just didn't have it. You know what I mean like there and it happens sometimes I guess but you ever play a game where you just don't have it yeah <laughs> like you just kind of draw lands and die you mean yeah like I have I had a, a game um, and I actually it's really nice because usually when you say that your, your friend's like yeah yeah but like I actually played a game where I kept a I think it was a, a two lander and I was like okay this hand's actually reasonable and then I died on like turn seven. And I drew like one spell, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I, if I like where my misplay was here. Or, like somebody was like, you just threw all in. I was like, no, you, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Willie Adel got me real bad though. Um, I didn't expect um, John to be playing uh, Dragon Claw. So in game number two, um, the Dragon Claw ended up presenting um, every every line that I had was always one less than lethal. Um, so I was like well I can try to just wait until I get lethal but like I feel like the longer I do this the longer I'm going to die um, and it got it literally got to the point where I was like I, I, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to hope to draw the burn spell next turn and I did not draw the burn spell next turn um, ended up hit, ran away with the game with dragon claw into and then they had like seasoned pyromancer into uh, a couple of the red spells um, and couldn't get back into the game um, and then a couple, you know, a couple games like that um, where I just drew lands, or um, I there were a couple games so I just got like dismantled um, on my side like I, I definitely made it definitely made some some mistakes throughout the games uh, miscounting actually verse verse willy too I was like "Oh, I'm gonna be so smart I'm gonna lava dart his creature is a uh, tarmogoyf um, and so I you know lava dart tarmogoyf in it becomes a 2-3. Then I'm like, oh, okay. Then I'm going to flash it back. I'm going to shoot his goyf again, and it's going to die. And then I did that. And then it was still a 2-3 because I had to land in the graveyard now. Uh, (laughs) 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 So that was a thing. That was embarrassing. I actually won that game, though. Uh, (laughs) The game where I really (laughs) punted really badly, I actually won, um, and I lost both the post games, which uh, typically with the red prowess deck, those are the games I actually feel pretty good in. Uh, typically, um, but this is, I guess, from the version I'm used to playing. Is it's a more, in my mind, traditional version. Um, but you know, they I don't, from what I remember at least, I don't think there was any. Um, I didn't see any Lilianas. I didn't see any Renan fixes. It was a very just creature heavy um, version. No planeswalkers, so um, definitely not what I had prepared for. Uh, previously. I you know, one thing I haven't been playing too much. I just had um you know we just had our our daughter so I haven't gotten to play a lot of modern. So I guess I hadn't really seen how the format changed. <laughs> Your dog gets I mean it. I don't. <laughs> yeah, sorry about him. I,
1: it's it's getting to be his dinner time. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Um
0: I don't think Roman really on the veil is in a particularly great spot as long as Uro is around. So like I can um, see how they look like blockers. Yeah, it's definitely not a card um, that I, I saw. I mean, I don't think I saw it at all. Uh, so it definitely makes sense. But yeah, I guess it, in some ways the format had shifted or drifted to a different place you know, because of Uro, I guess. Um, the, I just wasn't really used to it. The other thing, too, I played against the, the red-green uh, deck three times. I got, I got pillaged a lot more than I've ever gotten pillaged in my life. It was, it was rough.
1: That deck is very
0: popular. Yeah, I think it's- People think it's, love playing that deck. They too. One, I think people really do love pillaging people. I feel like that's just a really good um, feeling for people. Um, but I mean, like, it, you still get to play a bunch of, you know, really powerful spells on turn three or four. Um, like we said, Cloithis is in the deck's main deck um, in some versions. That card is really powerful, especially versus Uro. Um, and even like being able to cast I got um Glorybringer in the one game, I got Elder Garga Gargaroth in another game, like you do have a pretty powerful top end. So I, I definitely get it. But I, I didn't expect to play out of uh, play it three out of my seven rounds so That was surprising.
1: Yeah, so what I know what some people have said is that deck is like literally just a better version of Jung right now because like this card's not great. So you mm-hmm. just get to play more beefy creatures and you know, Magic players have always loved playing John. Whether or not it's in their best interest. Um, <laughs>
0: <to play. laughs> yeah, that's a different story. Um, but I think I would I think I would play the deck again. I um, I definitely do want to try the version Yamakilla is playing, um, you know, with the um Bone Crusher Giants and the uh, blister coil weird. Uh, I, I just can't get away from Bedlam Reveler. I think that card is so powerful. It's just I think right now the format has so much uh, graveyard hate because of Uro that it, it's really difficult to play the deck uh, successfully.
1: Sometimes you have to kill your darlings.
0: There are no sacred cows. Yeah. Well, no, there actually is a, there's, there's a bartered cow now. That's in. That was in uh, Theros, I think. Uro's See, this is why I tried not to talk to you. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, oh, um, yeah, I mean, that's. I don't know, but those were. I, I mean, I ended up three, four, but yeah, you know, I was actually on tiebreakers um, for th- 64th place. Like, once again, if you've ever been playing these challenges, they pay out the top 64, and it is really easy to cash them. Like, you you definitely cashed it four, three, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I um, I actually almost
0: top 16. I came in like 18th place. What? Uh it's insane. That's awesome. <laughs> the breakers
1: were really good because I started off by winning a lot and then.
0: Then you know. Yeah, well that's great, but yeah, I mean, like this, I think if you're, you know, not even not even insane, but if you're getting into the format, um, there are worse places to, um, you know, spend play points or or ticks. Like I think, um, once again, a a four-three and basically any of the challenges you can um, go positive. I think, um, Kellen Pastor was actually talking about the standard challenge, and I think. I think he ended up in the finals there. Um, but I think he was saying it was like 30 something people. Like, it's insane value. Yeah, was, literally. Really so you, you basically sign up and you're positive? Like, that's insane. Oh, man. to point out not only did he win, but it was his first day. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Jeez. Well, happy birthday, Kellen. He thought. Cool. I know, like, obviously, I know you know, but, like, he is, I think, probably, like, my best Twitter follow. Like, he, former Platinum Pro, which nobody knew for some reason. I feel like he's, like, flew under the radar of the Platinum Pro. But he just, like, produces such good content, and he tries every deck. He has really good feedback, very analytical um, about, basically, any deck that is decent and uh, modern or a legacy nowadays. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean i do agree he is a great person to follow on twitter if you're not uh he hasn't been tweeting as much since COVID started but like he said he, he like for those who don't know he literally just every league or like prelim or whatever he plays he gives his record and then some thoughts on the deck and he doesn't doesn't tweet about anything else there's no drama like there's no magic drama there's no like thoughts about like oh like this is how i feel about spoiler season or like can you guys believe what Wizards did? No, none of that. It's only like, here's a deck, here's how I went with it. I think it's good because of the max.
0: You know, something else I appreciate about his Twitter too is like the, he, it's not like he's putting his best face forward. It's, he can go 10-0 with a deck and say, this is a deck and I, there are definitely some things I would improve. This was awkward, this was really bad. Or he can go 0-10 with a deck and he'll say, this deck is unplayable garbage. But here are the things that I like. Here are the things I think that can be improved. Uh, if you want to play in this deck in the future, don't. But if you did want to play it, you know, here are some things you can still do. Like, I always appreciate the people who um, will put their best foot forward when it's good news, but also when it's bad news. I think the, the bad news is always where, you know, you really get to see how these really strong magic minds work. Because um, it's really hard to find, um, you know, critical... Um, Something, I guess, something critical that's not necessarily negative uh, when things aren't going well. Yeah, I definitely
1: agree with all of that. Anyways, uh, I think it's been around an hour. Oh, so, yeah. want to wrap up? Yeah, let's get out of here. Um, okay, well, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at ExpeditionMap. Uh, you can find me on Twitch, also at ExpeditionMap. I just got a new laptop. I have my stream all set up. Uh, I don't have any sort of schedule right now because my work schedule is all over the place. Uh, so when I do start streaming again, it's going to be just kind of whatever I feel like it. But uh, you can't expect to see me doing that again. Uh, where can people find you?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bad Bandit. Um And you can obviously find our uh, the podcast at depth underscore podcast uh, I also do want to talk about streaming I do want to give a shout out to Chris Medikevich he's doing um, some of our design work for us uh, really cool stuff if you check out um, either my stream or Map stream you'll um, see the logo that uh, we're currently working with um, it's also on our Twitter right now too so and I just think you did a really great job with it. and um, he's obviously busy with his own stuff. He's obviously like a you know, human being with his own life, uh, but he's taking the time to um, go and make a logo for us where he didn't definitely didn't need to. So I just want to give him a shout out while we were um, you know, on air. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Um, man, so I guess we're I guess we're done then. Did you, Did we, do you have a story on the time of the I was gonna
1: say, do you want me to tell a story, or do you have one?
0: Um, yeah, you, you can tell a story. Okay. So if,
1: if any of you follow me on Twitter, you've probably heard some of this. Um, I mentioned it multiple times. I just moved into a new house. So weird thing, um, the previous owner was a beekeeper. And I guess over the winter, his his hives died, which is very sad. Uh, but he made the reasonable choice to not get a new one because he was like, "I'm moving soon. Moving them will be a hassle." But this uh, <laughs> this group of bees decided to just move into his uh, into his empty hive, and so you know he like left them there, or whatever. But he was planning to take them with him on this move. So when we show up, our like you know we get the keys, we show up to our new house. And there's still this like this all this beekeeping stuff in the yard, and we're like, "What's up with this?" Uh, apparently our, bee, our our beekeeping friend had been stung a bunch of times trying to transport these bees. So he has to come back with a group of friends. So he comes back with a group of friends. They still can't get the bees. But oh, no. so he has to come back on a third night with the Pennsylvania State Bee Inspector. What? Which the a very official title that I didn't even know existed. Um, oh my gosh. So my wife and I are eating dinner just like looking out the window. Like we actually stopped eating dinner so we could go stare out the window as as these grown men are like trying their hardest to remove these bees. And we're like watching them, the bees are so angry. Um, and it was, I mean, it was interesting to watch, like if you've never seen a beehive get moved. Uh, and I'm talking about like, you know, the ones beekeepers keep like the stacked ones. It's actually very fascinating to watch them move it. Uh, but it was also horrifying because Uh, I guess the state bee inspector's outfit wasn't completely closed. And we watched bees fly into, like, his headpiece. And we watched this man just get stung multiple times in the face. Oh, my gosh. Uh, He's, like, trying to swat them out. But, like, you can't freak out because that just agitates them. Um, (laughs) And it it was a mess. They they had to trap some in our trash can. We didn't have a trash can for a week. Um, And then... So they got they got most of the bees gone. Um, but here's the thing about bees, they're not very smart. Um, and so the ones that were out like collecting honey or whatever, uh, came back and couldn't find their hive and they couldn't find their queen. So they were just angry. So we just had these angry, <laughs> angry bees in our backyard, uh, which then became our problem. Uh, Cause we would like go outside to like let our dogs out. Like I bought us a nice porch swing I was super excited for. But every time we go outside, like it was just awful. Um, the bees would follow us around, and I, uh, <laughs> over over the course of that week, I got stung in the ear. Uh, my ear is still swollen from over a week ago. I got stung uh, like right above my eye and on my eyelid, which was horrifying. Uh, I got it. Um, I got a bee stuck in my shirt, uh, and it stung me in the side. <laughs> Uh, so I got stung, I think, five times total. and My wife got stung in the head. Uh, oh, no. It was a mess, but I don't know. I just, it's all over now. All the bees are officially gone, but I just thought the whole experience was kind of funny. Um, painful, but funny. So
0: I thought I'd share that little bit of misfortune with you all. Oh, man. Yeah, thank you. I, oh, jeez. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, well, I hope hope you're well. I mean, I want, I want you to be well. I mean, like, honestly, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it sounded like your last week really, really stung. So I'd rather, you know. Oh, my
1: God. You uh, would. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a very rough week in our household. Also, uh, my wife had, like, uh, she had a crown on her teeth break, and my laptop started, like, the screen just, like, broke one day when I, I went to, like, open the screen, and the screen started falling apart, like, <laughs> feeling in front of me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you your week's just like buzzing with it, with excitement, though. I mean, nice oh ugh, god. keeps in your toes. Yeah, but you know, this next week will be better. <laughs> It'll be sweet like honey. Oh my god! And on
1: that note,
0: I <laughs> I'll see you next week. Bye.